Today's episode of The Thriller Zone with David Temple is sponsored by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller. Hello and welcome to The Thriller Zone. I'm your host, David Temple. This podcast gives you entree into the best thriller writers in the world. And if it's movies, TV shows, soon to be actors and creators and directors, this show talks about it. On today's show, we're going to be talking with one of my favorite guests, Tori Eldridge. Her book is Dance Among the Flames. Now, the book is riveting. It's a slight departure for her. It's mystical. It's got horror. It's a straight-ahead thriller, and you're going to love it. If you'd like to win a copy of the book, stay tuned to the end of the show, where all you have to do is send us an email to thethrillerzone at gmail.com. Tell us why you'd like to win a book. We'll draw from a hat, and you'll win. So, without any further ado, and a great big happy birthday to Tori Eldridge, let's get into The Thriller Zone. Ha, 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 ha. Well, good morning. Good morning. Look who it is. <laughs> it's good to see you again, my friend. It is so good to see you, my little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> Man, you are always just, are you always this upbeat and delightful? Uh, it's it's sort of my, I, I would, well, I don't know. I think most people would say yes. My, my youngest son would say no. <laughs> <laughs> he always has a completely different perception of me. <laughs> well, let's break that down for a second. How old is he? 30. <laughs> okay, you shot that. <laughs> you shot my theory. Okay. Uh, maybe he's just disgruntled. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Either that or, or he sees the angst, you know? It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of angst is okay, as long as it doesn't overtake you, right? Right, exactly, exactly. This is so fun. This is my birthday, by the way. I know, happy birthday. I was gonna sing to you. Oh, you should, you should. Okay, so well. This is just crazy because I've had an article and two other podcasts post today. I'm like, did y'all call each other and say, hey, it's Tori's birthday. Let's just dump everything on the internet today. <laughs> I wish I had my special effects at the ready, but I'll add it later. So here. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tori. Oh my God. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. You show up in a white dress, I'm just going to die. (laughs) Uh, That was hilarious. Probably because of the legs. Hey, well, you know, you got to be sung to your birth on your birthday. Come on, that's just the right thing to do. That's right. You're the first person to sing to me on my birthday. This is very fun. Oh, I love being the first at anything. That is so cool. (laughs) Not even Tony. Tony didn't wake up and say, da-da. He didn't sing. (laughs) <laughs> okay 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 fair enough fair he enough. did the ta-da he didn't okay. do the singing part <laughs> okay I'm not gonna make any judgment on his singing voice he's kind of a chill <laughs> laid-back guy maybe he doesn't have singing in him i don't know did i ever tell you this here's a little unknown fact i went to college on a singing scholarship did you now mm-hmm. oh well what kind of singing did you like to do 
<laughs> That's a loaded question because it's what singing did I do versus what singing do I like to do? I like Sinatra classics, you know, crooner music. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of grew up digging that. Uh, but I grew up, I won't say the affiliation because that's a whole other conversation we can have off mic, but I, uh, it, I grew up singing gospel music. Oh, see, yeah. I went to Northwestern as a theater major. Right. And before then, I had studied singing with an opera teacher. And so she wanted to train me for opera. But I was like, you know, I was like this jazz dancer and everything. And I was like, I don't want to say opera. I don't want to do opera, you know, but that's where my training was. So it was classically trained. So when I went to Broadway, instead of belting, mm -hmm. I had this really high soprano voice. It was it was very peculiar. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, Tori, because we're good enough friends. And you know, I'm not BSing you. I know that if you set your mind to it, because this is kind of the way I've learned about you, you, you could become an opera singer. You could, you would just have, you'd go, oh, wait a minute. I do want to do that. And bam, you do it. <laughs> I appreciate that. I maybe could have, but I, I couldn't now. I, I got to say, I've lost a lot of my range yeah. and my strength. Yeah, I, I probably lost an octave off the top. You know? Oh. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, it's a muscle like anything else. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, training in martial arts. Sure. I've stopped actively training. I've, I've lost a few things here and there. So between age and not exercising, whatever that muscle is, whether it's your voice or, you know, what have you, it, it, does, it does make a difference. Here's we the good news. We have to make news. choices in this world, you know, what we spend our time on. That is that is excellent. And good news is beauty has not missed a beat. Aw, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> in case you didn't know, I'm a huge fan. I guess you got that by now. Aw. Yeah. Well, back at you. I love well, your show. Your show is you. fantastic. Thank you. I'm having so much fun. Every single day, I'm like, I get to do this. I love it. It shows. Yeah. It shows in everything. I always get such a kick out of all your posts and your videos. <laughs> okay. First of all, you're drinking. Wait, let me see if I can pull it in mass, my, mystically, magically. Uh, it's going to be, it's tea. I know that it's going to be, Jasmine was the first thing that popped into my head, but I'm thinking a green oolong or oolong and... Mm, all very good, very good choices. Um, I started with jasmine green, and this is now mint. And I'll tell you why, because it's, it's 11 in the morning right now. Yes. And I woke up at three in the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just I, I will I you know, I'm in promo mode, I had all these things on my mind, I woke up at three, and I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna get up and work. So that's when I started drinking tea. So when it got time to prepare for this podcast, I was like, I need to chill. <laughs> I just, I just need to no more caffeine, <laughs> a little peppermint be nice. <laughs> so that's yeah. why I'm drinking that. Yeah. Well, good for you. I'm, uh, I'm drinking uh, writer's block coffee, who is a new sponsor. And I, you know, I know that you're not a big of a coffee drinker, but uh, anybody who's watched the show noticed that I've gone from a little tiny cup to the big one because I love this coffee. I love the name writer's block coffee gotta cool. love that yeah ben and the guy a gang over there just hooks me up all right we're going to talk about this gorgeous <gasps> look at that <gasps> dance among the flames not only is that a beautiful cover which you know i'm a, a geek for but what a cool cool title thank you 
and a magnificent heroine, which we'll talk to. We're going to get to that. We, we got all kinds. Plus, plus, oh, plus on top of that, I got two more copies that I'm going to give away later oh in the gosh. show. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Running Wild Press. Yes, I was nice surprise. Isn't that sweet? I'm, I had to do a little research on them today, and I'm like, they're a great little boutique uh, publishing house that uh, has a gaggle of talented people at the helm and uh, putting out some great books. Yeah, yeah. How did you I find love them? them? Because their mission is to print books that don't fit neatly into a box. And boy, oh boy, is that my book. <laughs> don't get me started. This is completely, oh, oh I, I, I'm, 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 no, we'll come back to it. Okay. Because it's so much different than Lily Wong. Speaking of which, last time we spoke, we were hanging out with Lily Wong uh, in the Ninja Betrayed. Now, Lily quickly became one of my favorite characters. And Aww. Lily was running around Hong Kong, drinking tea, kicking ass, navigating <laughs> navigating love and corporate intrigue and murderous triads. Uh, <laughs> and I know, I know, and we'll cover this later, I know you're going back to her. You haven't given up on her. I could never give up on okay, Lily. Okay, good. Who could give up on Lily? No, you can't give up on Lily Wong. Okay. But I do want to know, just give us, you know, a little background as to what you've been up to. Besides writing this, which we're going to get to, what, what have you, what's been taking your time? I'm trying to remember the last time we spoke. Goodness, it was a while. Well, you know, I just had a short story come out in an anthology. The Crime Hits Home Anthology. That's the uh, Mystery Writers of America, their 2022 anthology. Oh. And the short story is called Missing on Kauai. And as I was writing this short story, now this happens to me a lot. This happened to me with Lily Wong. Lily, the whole Lily Wong series was inspired by a short story. Dance Among the Flames was inspired by a screenplay, um, a dystopian thriller that I wrote and had to put away for a few years because it hit way too close to the pandemic and conspiracy theories and all this kind of craziness that came from a short story. So not surprisingly, while I was writing Missing on Kauai, I was diving for the first time into my native Hawaiian heritage. And um, I found myself laying out a novel and a whole new family with this whole lineage and this whole thing. And I went, oh my gosh, I've done it again. And I called up my agent and I said, I'm writing a short story and I think I'm laying out a novel. And I told, it, told her and she was like, you have to write this. So um, that's, that's what I'm writing right now. I'm, I'm a little over halfway done with it. So working okay. on that. Folks, for those of you who are joining the show, maybe for the first time, uh, this is the gal who gave me the inspiration that you should never throw away or disregard your short stories. I learned ah. that from you. Because oftentimes we'll think, oh, let's just take a little idea that's been percolating from somewhere and just bang it out and see what happens. Short could be, you know, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000. But you never know. And or 4,000, 1,000. Yeah, even, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it could be real short. <laughs> exactly. And so um, uh, I had an idea. I don't want to make this about me, but I, I scratched out an idea one day with a buddy of mine sitting in L.A. on my second tour of duty about just this idea of a, a put it on a cocktail napkin. And 20 years later, I made it into a film. So my point to you, yeah, is never toss away those ideas. Keep those ideas in a, in a, in a treasured notebook and make that... Mm -hmm. 
I'm, I'm a big fan of making a notebook. I call it a treasure, you know, leather bound or substantial so that you know that this is that this little fountain of creativity. But my real big point is don't toss those away. And I picked this up from you because Aww. you just you just never know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very true. I still have, uh, you know, I have another novel that's that's completely laid out and a quarter written that I am dying to get back to. And I will at some point. But, you know, it's like certain things have to be done in, in a particular you know time so <sighs> it's waiting is, for me yeah okay a uh, real quick note uh my producer tells me october 1st of last year doesn't seem like it's been that long oh yeah that's when yeah, we it's were crazy it wasn't yeah. that long I mean, since then to have an anthology and now come out with another book for me, I don't know. There are some authors who come out with multiple books in a year, but yeah. this is a new one for me. Yeah. You know, I thought it was, um, you know, speedy to come out with a book a year. So this is, this yeah. is something. <laughs> who was I talking to recently? And excuse me while I, uh, you know, the gray matter isn't exactly what it used to be. Um, <laughs> Uh, or as they say, the old gray merit in what she used to be, but, um, it could have been Jeffrey Deaver. Um, we were talking about just how you have to stay on top. You have to make notes and you have to keep those things humming along, uh, because with time and perhaps our shortening attention spans, uh, you don't know when that flow of ideas is going to come. You don't know if just a passing thought Tori might be go, you know, that could be a cool idea. And you, and sometimes the judgment voice will go, that's nothing, oh. but you never know when that might launch into a Serafina, you know, or yeah. a Lily Wong. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did want to ask this and I know you're not doing, uh, for th those listeners who are joining perhaps for the first time, uh, Tori's former, she's just friggin' ninja master <laughs> on her website. If you go to her website, right at the home, there she is holding a, I'm going to massacre the name of this, but that blade is called a ninja toe, ninja toe. Yeah, I should have known that. You were probably going to say a katana. A ninja I was going to say straight, is, is a straight edge blade where the katana has a slight slope. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for making me look good. Uh, <laughs> So you, you've, for all practical purposes, kind of given that up, although you, you, I know you still work out because you're in fantastic shape. That doesn't just happen overnight, you know? Well, I appreciate that. No, I am, um, I'm a, an immersive sort of person, you know, I have to do things all in. And that's the way I, I did, you know, the performing when I was doing Broadway and television and film and all that. And that's the way I did the martial arts. And that's the way I do writing. So when I, you know, made this shift, which was about 10 years ago, to write full time, um, you know, that didn't matter that I wasn't getting paid, right? I just made the commitment to write full time. And so I had to, in my mind, I stopped uh, training, I stopped teaching. Um, I used to travel for, for martial arts. Now, instead, I travel, you know, for writing and conferences and things, you know. You bring up a good point. I want to make a note to mention this is that sometimes and this is the way I have lived my life. And I think you've lived your life this way, too, because just because I've watched you from afar for so long. No, some people call it stalking. Honey, it's not stalking. <laughs> I uh, was going to ask, but, you know, <laughs> it's this. I remember as a child, I, I always wanted to be in radio and I'm like, I'm just going to practice, practice, practice. I'll go into a room and I'll just practice and I'll, you know, because, and I would have, and when I landed that first radio job, I'm like, somebody's paying 
me for this. I would do this for free. And here's my point. A lot of times we, we, when we tap into that passion point of ours where we go, this is really what I am designed to do, and we're not getting paid in the process, I challenge people, don't worry about it. Let it ride. Do the thing that you love. Chase the thing you love. Nurture it. Hold it. Respect it. Honor it. And if it is to be, as uh, I have a belief that if the seed is planted in you, then that is a manifestation of its own self that it will be. But that's a whole other conversation. But but chase that dream. You're, you'd agree with that, wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, because especially in writing, well, anything, but, you know, especially in writing, you, you really have to enjoy the process and you have to, you have to find a way to let that be its own reward because who knows, uh, right. it's such a long game. It could take years and years and years and decades, um, you know, just to hear back from a submission, you know, let alone get a book deal, let alone get a, you know, bestsellers list, let alone blah, 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 and all these things that may never happen. Um, or could happen or just could take a very long time. And so, you know, I don't want to waste a day. Right. You know, I don't want to waste an hour. Um, so instead, I, I try very hard. Sometimes I'm more sec successful at it than other times. But I try very hard to take pleasure and gratification out of the process, even if that process is a torment and anxiety-ridden <laughs> stress. I still try and you know, um, acknowledge that I'm doing what I want to, what I want to do, what I, you know, what, what I've set out to do, even if it's a hard day, you know, yeah. even if it's a struggle, you know, so that, so that it becomes its own reward. And then everything else is just icing on the cake. And it helps, it helps to not worry about it so much. And does worrying really gain us anything? No, no. You know, I, uh, concern, Concern is, you know, intelligent. Mm -hmm. uh, worry, uh, I really try and avoid that word and that and that concept. You know, when I when I get to a, a point where there's something that's really, um, you know, trying to worry me, then I remind myself that um, I'm going to waste all of this time in in feeling horrible and this negative state of stress for nothing. Yeah. Or if the thing that I'm concerned about actually does happen, I remind myself that I will have more than enough time to suffer them. I don't need to start early. You know? Yeah. Two things popped into my head. One, I shared this with uh, Peter Ferris, I think, on the show the other day. I said something. I uh, was listening to an album, uh, Tom Petty, one of my favorites. Uh, it's called Wildflowers. And he said, there's a line in there. Uh, Most of what I worry about doesn't happen anyway. Yeah, that's true. And I'll live yeah. by that. The other, there's an acronym called uh, a fear called false evidence appearing real. That's mm -hmm. one of the things I've held forever. False mm -hmm. evidence that appears real. So when you worry about something, you're kind of capitalizing and spending cosmic, metaphysical, mechanical energy on something that really is just a passing thought. And if you would let it go and go, this is the way I want to look at it. If I am going to spend an amount of time on anything and I have a choice between being positive or negative, and you're going to do one or the other, it's 50-50. Why not just choose the positive, right? I, mean, <laughs> I, you know, I really try and live in a place of neutrality 
where um, where I'm not really kind of labeling things as good or bad. And that that helps with me. That helps a lot. I do tend to spin out of control with obsessive thought. And so I do a lot of self mind tricking to get myself out of those loops. Um, but, but sometimes it's harder than others. But I will make the distinction between um, fear and concern because, you know, concern is real. And fear, fear is real too. There are, you know, some things that you really need to be afraid of. But, you know, when I, when I make the difference between am I being concerned and am I worried, it tends to be in my mind how I react to that. So, uh, for instance, I, I woke up at three o'clock this morning because I had something on my mind and I knew that I wasn't going to let it go. So I got up, I went to work. I wrote out this email, I, you know, did this outreach, I laid it up, I didn't mail it because it was so darn early, but I, you know, I got it set up and then I started writing my book, you know, I started, you know, doing all that. So I had an early start to the day and that was fine. And um, so my concern didn't turn into worry, didn't turn into obsessive fear. And, and so that was, that was a good thing. It's nice when I can do that. Uh, this is funny how this conversation has molded into something that I was going to ask anyway, and we haven't gotten to it, but I'm going to go ahead and morph it right now. And this is going to the same thing. I've now heard myself say this for the third time in the show. There are people listening to the show and joining from all around the world. Cause when I look at the metrics of the show, people are listening all over the planet, which is mind blowing to me. Uh, this is coming from a guy who was working in radio, and usually the people listening to your show is in that city. But anyway, so I want to know what Tori Eldridge's mantra is for life. And you've kind of already said this, but if you were to step back one step further, and we're, we're going to get to writing advice later, but there, everyone lives, everyone has some kind, people who are evolved as you, have some kind of a <laughs> mantra by which they live. And what would you say? I've now babbled long enough to give you plenty of time to figure that one out. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, you mentioned this as well, and it's actually on my website. Um, I, I don't even remember the exact way that I put it, but um, if you're going to make an, a, a choice, always choose the most empowering perspective. You it's right there on your when in doubt, choose the most empowering perspective. There you go. There you go. See, it was much more eloquent on the on the page. <laughs> mm, girl, it's it's eloquent anyway you look at it. All right. I do want to ask this one personal question before we move on because I want no. to know how's Tony doing and in is there any new Denzel Washington equalizers in the work? I just have that one question. No, Denzel wait. I can't tell you. I don't know. Okay. I can neither confirm nor deny. Fair enough. I know. I, thought... I can tell you this. He does. Um, he does have uh, a big film, uh, War Magician, in the works with Benedict Cumberbatch to uh, star and uh, co-produce. So you know that's wow. something. But you know because of the um, pandemic, mm -hmm. everybody's schedule gets pushed back. The the star, the director, the you know everything gets pushed back. So it'll be you know it's still going to be a while before for that thing, you know, yeah. gets going, but that'll be exciting. That'll be Isn't exciting. it funny? Isn't it funny? And for people who don't know Hollywood, how long it takes to get anything done. Isn't it? Oh my mindful? gosh. Oh yeah. You know, and when you, and writers out there, you know, when, you know, so many writers, you know, he, he represents, you know, he handle, he has so many uh, options on so many products and, and I feel for these writers because they don't know. 
you know, and they think, oh, it's going to happen so fast. And they, they don't realize, I mean, when you think of how long it takes to hear back from a publisher, an editor, right? It could, you know, some writers don't realize that it can take months. I mean, they yeah. could get back within one month. They could get back within nine, yeah. you know? Um, when it comes to producers in Hollywood, it's the same thing, but it's not just one person making a decision. Yeah. There's all these little domino thing, house of cards things. So yeah, it can take a very, very long time. All right, deep breath. <laughs> Dance among the flames. I'm going to put all this All right, I'm going to say sense. straight yes. up, yeah. no spoilers. So anything you ask, don't, no spoilers. Okay. I'm, I'm just going to tell you that. Just, just, you watch. I'm going to, I'm watching you. Okay. <laughs> Let's, I'll make it easy. It's a good book. <laughs> All right, here's, I'll tell you what I can, here's what I'm going to tell you what I liked. This will be okay. fair because I'm not going to, blow, I won't give anything away. First of all, you have a new protagonist, which we know while, uh, while you cross over in the world of mysticism and horror. Now you may have dabbled in this before, but I was not aware of it. So if you have, and I haven't noticed, then you can just smack me later. But this, my burning first burning question will be, what is this slight departure like? But hold that. Well, here's what I liked about Dance Among the Flames. You have yet again created an intriguing, powerful female protagonist, which I think there are way, I'm going on record here, folks, way too few in the world today. My mom was a hero. My sisters are heroes. I'm always champion for the girl hero. Okay. So now this time, Brazilian woman named Serafina. That's, that's not a giveaway. Yeah. Love that name by Serafina. She... I can say that she rises, she she starts in the slums and rises to a have a magical power. Is that safe? Yeah, Serafina Olegario. Yeah, she uh, she rises from the slums of Bahia, Brazil, in the uh, the stilt shacks, you know, that that were built up in in the water for crying out loud. Yeah, and yeah, she uh, she had to come up through all sorts of you know poverty and you know abusive life and and all of this stuff and um and she's a single mother and she's she is striving for power and control over her life and um it it does inflame a quest for power shall we say and can i use this word that is a type of magic that starts with a q and quimbanda okay quimbanda now what in the wide world of magic is quimbanda <laughs> i fell in love with all this 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 book was inspired by a screenplay i wrote in the 90s that ended up getting a semi-finals nod for the academy nicole fellowship and and when I was, you know, working on that, um, I, I was working on kind of a failed screenplay that had been set in Brazil, and and I had to kind of scrap that and really dig deeper. And so in my research, I was like, okay, what is it that really intrigues me about this country? And it ended up being this amazing religion. It is uh, the Umbanda religion. That's the more benevolent side. And they call it Candomblé in uh, Bahia. And uh, a similar kind of thing you might know as Santeria. 
but it, it comes from the African Yoruba and the slaves that came over, they integrated it with the indigenous Brazilian Indians, their animism and their um, ancestral worship. And of course, you know, that didn't go over well with the slave masters, the Portuguese slave masters. So they syncretized it to Catholicism. And so you have this incredibly unique mysticism, right? That has mediums where, um, you know, in these rituals and ceremonies and dance and drumming, they can channel in deities and spirits so that the worshipers can interact, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, you know, not, not through a go-between, a priest or a minister, but right there, you know, right there right. and get that. So I became so fascinated with this. And, you know, as with, with many world religions, the, the core goodness is so similar. It's so similar. And so that's was something that I really loved about Umbanda were the, the empowering messages. Well, Quimbanda is sort of the, the dark end of that. And it, it used to be, oh, I know, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it used to be all these things were integrated in that religion and, and in some ways um, still are. But there were also um, other people, uh, worshipers who were like, no, 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 we're, we want our own religion of Quimbanda. And then that, that became a thing. But I suppose the difference to me, to me, you know, because everything is perception, but when I look at Quimbanda, it feels more uh, self-oriented, self-serving, self-working, right? More pragmatic, you know, how to work my life now, which may or may not harm you, <laughs> depending if you're in my way, uh, that, that kind of a thing, you know. So uh, I, I found the whole thing to be tremendously delicious. And um, I ended up, you know, like I said, right, this was sparked in the 90s. Yeah. And, and that's when I wrote the first, first early precursor of this novel, finished a novel in the 90s. But then I set it away. And then I picked it up, oh gosh, maybe 10 and a half years ago. So this character, Serafino Olegario and Michael and Adriana and Giancarlo and all of these characters and, and all these things, they have been living with me in my brain, haunting me for decades. I wish I had a trophy because if I had a little play trophy right now, I would hold it up. I'll just hold this. This is my trophy. Here's your trophy for uh, having the best character names of uh, anyone I've read this week. Month. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you always have. I'm never, uh, I'm never uh, disappointed and I always remember your character names. You know, a lot of times you, especially in this thriller world, classic thriller world it's jacks and dons and franks and bobs and toms and you know which is all great i love them all i like simple names yeah those punchy one syllabic yeah. words you know <laughs> monosyllabic punchers that's right yeah. but yours but you know seraphina <laughs> you know i find myself Adriana. <laughs> yeah i want to dance seraphina you know break into song i'm gonna stop doing that um but I love the fact that you, you know, you, you, you did not disappoint. And I'm, I'm being, I'm watching every single word now that you called me up right out on the carpet. But uh, let's say uh, it's, it blends. Um, oh, there was a great line. Where did I? Yeah, here it is. It's on the top of your book. Oh, uh, then Jonathan, that won't be a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, I, I figure I'm safe, right? We're here on the tippy top of it. Um, for El, uh, Tori Eldridge mixes mysticism and horror with seduction and vengeance to conjure real magic. And this is coming from Jonathan Mayberry, uh, New York Times bestselling <laughs> author of V Wars and Ink. So he's probably got a pretty good idea what he's talking about. He's amazing. He's amazing. I'm going to give a shout out because he's coming out with his, um, was it uh, Kraken? Uh, oh shoot! Is in release the Kraken? No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. It's it's epic. It's epic fantasy, high fantasy. Let's take a short break, and we'll be back with more Tori Eldridge right after this. David Temple here, host of the podcast The Thriller Zone, and author of several books. Oh, here's one, The Imposter. Oh, here's one, The Poser. Oh, here's another, Devour. Yeah, I write books. I write books for a living. I spend my time at the keyboard creating worlds. I don't spend time at the website building world. You know why? I'm not a professional. If you want to put your best foot forward and play with the big boys, go to authorbytes.com. Here's why. Sign up for a one-year contract, get three months free. Where can you get a deal like that? Just use the code THETHRILLERZONE, sign up for a one-year contract, get three months free. Let the professionals take care of what they do, which is building websites that are pretty, sexy, secure. They got updates. They got plugins. They take care of that. Just use the code THETHRILLERZONE. Sign up for a one-year contract. Get three months free. AuthorBytes.com. Hey, everyone. I'm Tori Eldridge, author of the Lily Wong Thriller series and Dance Among the Flames. And I'm here talking with the uber cool David Temple on the Thriller Zone. And now back to the show. Lisa Unger said something. She always attach, uh, attracts my attention because she's just she's one of the sweetest gals I've ever met in my life. Met her at Thriller Fest. Same time I, uh, I saw you. And she's talking about tautly written, mystical, action-packed, will take you on a wild, listen to this, folks, take you on a wild, thrilling ride through centuries and continents. Tori's at the top of her game, delivering an irresistibly sweeping adventure that will linger long after the gripping story ends. Uh, I pretty well was screaming around my my living room when that came in. I, of number one, I couldn't believe she even took the time to read it. She is so busy. She yeah. has so many things pulling at her time. I was I was just overjoyed that she would even read it. And then when that came in, I I just you know knocked me over with a feather. Yeah, isn't it amazing? Is it is it egotistical of us as authors to want? such prolific other authors to draft such delightfully delicious intriguing blurbs or is it truly and i'm asking you straight up or is it a really great sales technique i mean i it's kind of both but what i mean what are your thoughts well i i don't think it's egotistical i think it's i think it's very wishful yeah. <laughs> you know i mean because yeah. these are our heroes right um uh, but it definitely is a tremendous sales sure uh, you know, technique. I mean, when I got the Publishers Weekly starred review, I mean, I was like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> I mean, that was like, ah, you know, so, you know, things like that, you know, or, 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 or having F. Paul Wilson call it stunningly original F. Paul Wilson, yeah. you know, so the, the, the fangirl in me is just going, oh my gosh, my hero just said, you know, and so there's that validation. There's that, 
that that sense of oh you know uh, hopefully i did it right and i got to tell you with this particular book this particular book wow you talk about taking a risk i am out there i am out there with brazilian gods and sex and darkness and i mean i was thinking to myself you know, are they going to come with me at pitchforks? Are people yeah. going to be like going, I thought you were a nice person. I thought you were like this empowerment woman. What the heck, woman? You know, so I was really relieved when these blurbs started coming in. I was like, yeah. oh, good. <laughs> people uh, are going, I'm so sorry, Tori. We tried to read it, but we had to stop. <laughs> I'm going to traverse a little thin line and I'm going to take you with me, Tori, because you'll appreciate it. To, to the point that you just made, I have a couple of ideas in my head having to do with my past and the way I grew up as a PK, but I would love to take some of our listener reader friends on a transatlantic, I'm just using that because that's the first word popped into my head, a journey on religious religion, the religious world, and we'll just pick Southern Baptist out of the clear blue and travel down that road while bending it uh, and twisting it on its ear, kind of like you did in this one. Okay. But to your point, wouldn't it be interesting? Do you think they'd, they'd come after me with pitchforks as well? Because like, you're, you're ruining my religion. No, I'm not. I'm just writing a book. Yeah, it could, it could be interesting. Now, <laughs> my father was raised Lutheran. In fact, his mother wanted him to be a preacher. Uh, would it be a preacher, a minister? I'm not sure. Actually, I wasn't raised in Lutheranism, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then my mother was from Hawaii. And interestingly enough, she was raised Catholic, although I never knew that because she didn't raise me Catholic and she didn't go to church and she didn't go to mass and all those things. So I'm not really sure where, what happened with that. But of course, you know, Hawaiian religion is much closer to the indigenous Brazilian religion because it had animism, um, you know, where, where you're, you're, you're finding spirits in inanimate objects and right. often nature and, and things. And of course it was a polytheistic uh, many deities. And, and so it was, you know, much more like that. And so growing up in Hawaii, although I wouldn't say I worshiped in that way, I, I uh, respected my culture in that way. And it was, it was a cultural thing in the way that many Brazilians who are Catholic still embrace the, the cultural influences of Umbanda you know, this, this spiritualism, I mean, the whole ceremonies um, that, and the rituals that happen during New Year's Eve and New Year's and Carnival and all these things are very integrated with that. I mean, you know, they're, you know, saying prayers to Yemanja and throwing offerings into the ocean. Well, Yemanja is from Africa, you know, <laughs> that's a Yoruba deity brought over and integrated into, you know, this amalgamation that became this wonderful religion of Umbanda. You just made me think of something. <laughs> I hope I don't mess this up. Um, I think it's Mulan. So I'm visiting uh, my wife and I, Tammy and I are visiting our grandkids in uh, Colorado Springs recently. And I'm so envious. Oh, so fun. And we're watching this movie. Is it, is it Mulan? Mulan? Oh, yeah, sure. Mulan? Uh-huh. Disney, maybe? Yeah, yeah. With uh, The Rock as the main character? Uh, With all the tattoos on him, and, and she's this... Oh, no, that's that's Moana? Moana, thank you. Okay, I knew I was okay. going to mess it up. Okay, that's in Hawaii. Okay. Yeah. I... The god of Maui. 
Oh, I yes. love that. I love that movie. I watched it about seven times. I love that movie. Okay, my granddaughter is named for Moana. That movie, what? Moana. Yes, my my son and my my daughter in law during their wedding ceremony, which was in Kauai, by by the way. One of the fun things they did for all of us, the family and everything, was we went to this this really neat kind of outdoor place, and they had this this outdoor you know movie on this on this trailer in the rain. I might add. And they were showing Moana and they showed it because they loved that movie and they loved the adventurous quality of this character. And so they named their, their daughter Moana and that's my granddaughter. And she is now almost 17 months and she is in Shanghai and I have not seen her, which is in person, which is why I said I'm so envious. Well, and I realized that because the last time we talked in October, you couldn't go and you, I think you had a photograph, but you couldn't go to travel to see her. And I remember that being such a frustration of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I tried to go to China. They wouldn't let me in. <laughs> and now that, they won't let them out because, um, yeah. So. Mm. And the reason I bring that movie up is because it borrows a lot of what you were just talking about. Uh, the uh, the way that the water was spiritual and mm -hmm. there were the staff. I mean, everything about it was, I'm like, I'm watching it, Tori. Excuse my ignorance of geeking out on this, but I'm like, because I thought it's just a little kid's movie. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, there's a lot going on here that's really mystical, magical, spiritual, and really good. And uh, for those folks who are listening going, I thought I was tuning into the Thriller Zone, not a Disney movie. <laughs> now we're talking about a Disney movie called Moana. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. But it makes me think a little bit of this book, Dance Among the Flames, in its own fashion, in my quirky little mind, because of the mystical uh, influences of it. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I've got a question for you, and this is burning through my head as I was pr preparing for this. And this is more along the business because you've you've you're so good at the business side of this business that we're in. So given that you belong to, let's see, we got International Thriller Writers, Mystery Writers of America, Horror Writers Association, and Crime Writers of Color, and Sisters in Crime. First of all, I don't know what your dues are like, but that's got to be crazy. <laughs> my, question, my, my question is, do you find strength and motivation by belonging to groups like these? And could you share how that helps your career? Oh, absolutely. One of my favorite topics. Most of the time, I'll say, find a community, join an association. Um, you don't want to do this alone. Dance Among the Flames, that would never have been published, let alone four books published, without the help of the mentors that I met along the way. And that began with um, thriller writers. They were the first group that I actually, that I first connected with um, through going to Thriller Fest. Even before then, there were a couple of other conferences that I went to, and I was able to build relationships with editors and agents who wouldn't become my editors and wouldn't become my agents. But because of, I think, the enthusiasm <laughs> and the passion, um, they, they were inclined to help me. And we ended up building friendships that have lasted over the years. And many of them have not just given feedback, but have read updates and given feedback, have referred me to people who can help me 
who does that? I mean, I'm talking big five editors. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. Who has that kind of time? Yeah. But they did that for me. New York Times bestselling authors, all sorts of authors who took the time to, you know, to give feedback and help and, and you know, and things like that. And so, yeah, it was, it was huge. And, and what I always tell um, new authors is get involved and start helping them. That's the first thing you want to do, because mm -hmm. when you're aspiring, you don't, you know, yeah, you, you're kind of needy and you, you, know, you want feedback on this and that and the other thing, but you don't really have anything to promote. But there are so many people in your organization that you can promote. And, and by becoming a good literary citizen, you get involved and you build relationships and you, you go to their, to their um, events and you watch their events and you learn things. And, you know, and all of that helps you along the way. And so, you know, once I, I discovered Thriller Fest, and then when I, you know, Dance Among the Flames was the first novel that I ever completed, long before I even thought of Lily Wong. Oh, so, wow. So I joined Horror Writers Association first. Even though I felt bonded because of I had been to Thriller Writers, I actually joined Horror Writers Association first. And then, you know, then what happens is there are certain organizations you can join without having publications. And uh, I believe Sisters in Crime is one of them. Oh, you left out MWA. I'm a, I'm a member of Mystery Writers uh, of America, you know, but you can't join them without a... Uh, you know, a contract, but some you can. And so if you can, I encourage you to and become well, involved. All right. And I, I, first of all, that is great, solid advice, which is going to follow right into our very next question. But I want to say this real quickly. And that is when I went to Thriller Fest, which, uh, which is where I met your husband, Tony, and saw you. And that was my very first one, 2019. I met and made more friends so quickly that is a great byproduct of this. But you know what? I want to give encouragement to anyone who might be thinking about going to Thriller Fest this year in New York City, June 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, right around there. Uh, there you go, Kimberly, for your little plug. Um, <laughs> not only did we meet uh, KJ Howe and uh, the executive director and had a wonderful time, but here's the thing. And, and this is my encouragement. I went, I'm a really gregarious, outgoing guy. Nothing really bothers me and so forth but i did find myself being a little tiny bit nervous about you know pitching a book at that speed dating thing and but when i walked away from it and i've learned this more since we've launched the launch this podcast is that at the end of the day these cats all these people they really want you to win they want you to succeed because we're all in this together. And that's the single coolest thing I have learned about being in that world of thriller fest, thriller writers, mystery writers, is not only the encouragement, but everybody wants you to win. And, and, yeah. and there's not this competitive world like you think it would be. It's yeah. really an encouraging world. So it's not like being a dancer on Broadway. <laughs> no. Trust me. No. Now, Quick, quick little side note, because I, I forgot to ask you this. I'm, I'm guessing that Serafina, she's coming back around again, like multiple times. Will, will we have two dueling? Will we have Lily Wong a series and Serafina all like this is this is for a while, right? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> OK. Fair enough. Can't say. Can't, Can't say. We're, we're putting it out as a standalone. Okay. So, you know, enjoy uh, it 
as such. Mm, okay. Uh-huh. Coy. All right. Before we head over to rapid fire questions, Tori, I have another topic I want to cover and it's, it's, it's classic go-to for, uh, for my prolific authors like yourself. If you were to provide one piece of golden advice for would-be writers, and you've kind of mentioned similar aspects, tangential aspects throughout, what's that great piece of advice? Focus on the process. That really is the one that that hones in. That'll get you through because it's a long haul. Yeah, uh, it, it is a it's a marathon, not a not a sprint. Yeah, and and really to have the encouragement. Would you agree with this? Have the encouragement that if that's really what you want, and you really are working hard every day, and you believe in yourself, that you you just have to believe that it's going to happen. Because if you don't believe that, you're wasting your time. Yeah, I you know I think I think you have to have your your brain you know locked in on on the on the possibility and the likelihood you know. Now I I will say I do work on it pretty much every day, yeah. but that doesn't mean that's the only way to work on it. I have friends who uh, have full time jobs who ruminate, who just ruminate. Oh yeah. Um, and then they 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 take a break for like a month in a year, and they write a book. I. I you know, blows my mind. But I know somebody who's written like seven books in this way. So there are a lot of ways to work and it doesn't necessarily have to be every day. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, you use the word ruminate, which is interesting because I, I use the word marinate. I'm always percolating, marinating on the idea constantly and just stirring the pot, knowing that when I then sit down and the world gets quieted, then I can really run with reckless abandon. Hmm. Well, guess what time it is? It is rapid oh fire my. question time. Oh no, this part always stresses me out. <laughs> Honey, we're friends. I would never put you in harm's way. All right, number one, it's really easy. You suddenly find yourself in a dangerous situation, or perhaps it's something you're currently are never without. What tool of protection, what kind of weapon would you hope to have on your person? So whether you carry it now or have it on your person now, or you were in a dangerous situation and you went, man, I wish I had this one thing, what would it be? A six foot staff. Okay. I do a lot of hiking. So it's, 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 it's not a big ask. <laughs> yeah. And is it expandable so that you could keep it on your person and go and pull it out well, to six and no. No, no, no. It's like a it's like a hiking stick, you know. Okay. But I I'm a, a long weapon. Uh, that's that's my fave. That's okay. My fave. Okay. You know, Got plus, it. you know, you're not going to get arrested for a hiking stick. <laughs> uh, sir, we're going to have to take you in on the hiking stick. Um, okay, fair enough. Number two, if you could, you're going to love this with dances with flame on the flames. If you could manifest one secret magical power, what would it be, and why? Teleporting, oh, yeah. teleporting. That is the superpower I want and I want it now because <laughs> I want to go hug my grandbaby. <laughs> I want it now, damn it. I want it now. <laughs> okay, teleporting, I like it. All right, number three. You've just been approached by Hollywood. Heck, your husband uh, could have uh, optioned Dance Among Flames uh, already and they want to turn it into a limited TV series. Who would play Serafina, and is there any role you'd like to play or to have in the production yourself? 
Oh my gosh. I don't even know. I don't even know. I haven't even allowed myself to, to go to that place. Um, as far as would I want to play anything myself? Uh, no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, I'll let you in a little secret. I, um, I got out of acting when, uh, half my face went paralyzed. And so, uh, it, I can't always count on it to do the right thing. <laughs> I get I get a little quirky, you know. My face gets a little quirky sometimes. So I don't know, you know, on a on a, even on a television screen, I don't yeah. know. I really want to be seeing myself. Okay, I, I the only reason I ask that is because well, the very first part of that is I, I when I write, I always picture some kind of a movie star that I really like that would that I think would be cool for that role. So I thought maybe you had a Serafina type actress in mind, but that's cool. I did not. Yeah. Okay. She existed completely in my mind. Okay, cool. All right. Last question. If you were to become known for one single genre, I know this is, this is the toughest one out there among thriller, writer, horror, or even maybe self-help, which I personally believe because of your background and super positive outlook on life, I could very easily see you writing one. Uh, Already been there. Okay. What would it be? (laughs) What would it be and why? Uh, if you could only pick one, it, I know this is the hardest. And I have one. to choose one of the ones you named. You, know, oh, it's, uh, you could make up another one if you wanted to, but I. Well, okay, it, it's going between thriller and and horror. I'm going to say thriller because I think it's big enough to encompass all the others. Yeah, thank you. I have always said that thriller doesn't just mean what well, you know. How fast is it going to happen? It, it it's that's why this show is you're going to see in 2.0 is going to expand. So it isn't just it's the thriller zone. But to your point, it's like thriller is also mysteries are thriller or can be thrilling, and horror can be thrilling, and. Well, romance can be thrilling too, but I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of romance when they go. <laughs> well, you know, when I think of a thriller, especially when I'm looking between mystery and thriller, because Lily Wong is a, a mystery thriller, you know, and, uh, you know, family dynamics, you know, kind of a action thriller kind of a thing. But when I, when I look at a thriller, your, your protagonist has to be in jeopardy. It, yes. they, they have to be in danger. Right. And so, Really, to me, that's the key. So if you're in a mystery where they aren't just solving the mystery and, you know, they're not in any danger of being hurt or killed or whatever, then that's straight up mystery. But if they are, then it becomes a thriller. Now, when you're looking at horror, horror is almost always a thriller because horror at the the heart of it is dread and fear. Right. And of course, Dance Among the Flames is like saturated with that. Right. And and thrill, you know, in that even though it has more of that literary historical fiction kind of denouement, you know, is it, you know, you get to know all these characters and into this culture. The last quarter of it is as action packed thriller as anything I've ever written, you know. Yeah even more, you know, as much as any of the Lily Wong books. So I think thriller is big enough to, to be the one yeah. to uh, hang everything on. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, folks, the book is Dance Among Flames. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I have two other copies, brand new, crystal clear, not wrinkled or anything. And all you have to do is really easy. Yeah, there you go. Way to hug that book. 
All you have to do is write me here at the TZ. All you got to do is write thethrillerzone at gmail.com. Provide one simple answer. It's this easy. Why would you like to get a copy of Tori's latest book? Uh, we're going to put your names in a hat and draw, and that's it. Good luck. Uh, yeah, good luck. So to learn more, folks, go to ToriEldridge.com. Follow her on Twitter as I do, stalker, etc. cetera, uh, as I do. <laughs> at the same name but boy as expected this has been fantastic so much fun so yeah. much fun and thanks for making my birthday so so entertaining yes it's very special and thanks yeah. for the birthday song i appreciate mm. it yeah i hope i don't regret that later when people go wow we didn't know you couldn't sing <laughs> <laughs> this particular birthday i'm very conscious of the amazing people I have in my life. And, yeah. you know, I would include you in that. Um, I have some people who've just been tremendously generous and giving and just fabulous. And I, I'm a bit overwhelmed by that. I'm very, I'm very aware of that in this particular birthday. I'm very thankful for it. That's awesome. Well, you know, your gratitude is your place of gratitude. And I think that's a lot of the reason we're all so drawn to you because of that. And we, we applaud you and we congratulate you. And this is going to be a fantastic book. And I'm going to end on this with a great big happy birthday once again. Thank you. Mahalo. <laughs> Man, does not get much more fun than Tori Eldridge, does it? The book, Dance Among the Flames, and as I said earlier, and there at the end of the show, if you'd like to win your own copy, just simply write to thethrillerzone at gmail.com. We'll draw a listener from a hat and announce it next week. Speaking of next week, can you believe it's been almost one year? I think I had her on, let's see, May Cobb was my very first guest back in June 17th of last year. Her new hit, My Summer Darlings, is going to put her into the stratosphere, I have a feeling. She was my very first guest. What's that? Nearly 70-some episodes. I'll never forget that day. We had just launched the show, and uh, stay tuned next week for May Cobb and My Summer Darlings. It's going to be a great show. want to say once again, thank you so much to my sponsors, Writer's Block Coffee, who provides delicious coffee, as you can see me constantly drinking it. Your first order, 15% off. And authorbytes.com. They're the guys who my website, David Temple Books, is based upon. You want a great website that makes you stand out from the rest? Sign up for a contract. Get three months free with a one-year contract. All right. Stay tuned next week for May Cobb. We'll find out who wins copies of Tori Eldridge's Dance Among the Flames. And a whole lot more. I'm your host, David Temple. Thank you so much for joining me and making us one of the fastest growing podcasts in America. And if you want to take 30 seconds and leave us a review at your favorite podcast channel, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we would greatly appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Take care. The Thriller Zone has been presented by The Story Factory and the visionary genre-bending debut novel Grand Theft AI by James Cox. The Matrix meets Blade Runner. Grand Theft AI is available now for pre-order from your favorite bookseller.